Sup guys, for this episode I sat down with Jules, Jules and I went to university together and Jules is currently doing a lot of cool stuff content wise with the Women's Match Day show which have behind the scenes access to all women's Super League games as well as a lot of cool stuff with Arsenal Fan TV as well. Like myself, Jules is a lifelong Arsenal fan so I thought this would be a great opportunity to sit down, dissect and review Mikel Arteta's reign so far. We spoke about the one thing that we believe has changed since he's coming to the football club, the one thing we believe that still needs to change and the one hope that we have for the future. So guys, you know what to do. If you love this episode, tell a friend to tell a friend and leave a review. Let's go. What the footy? What the footy? What the footy? What the footy? Great to have you on the podcast, Jules, man. How you doing, brother? Yes, I'm good, Paul, man. It's been a while, man. How you, how you been keeping? Nah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely well, man. I haven't seen you since, like, uni times. What have you sort of been up to, bro? So, um, you know, I do I do miss the uni bleeds. I've got that, of course. Um, yeah. But now I'm just been up to, like, stuff like day job, which yourselves. Apart from that, I've been trying to do some stuff around um, media with, like, Arsenal Fan TV and Women's Match Day programme with Pippa and such. So, yeah, it's been good. It's been good. Keep yeah, just, just for people who don't know, just sort of talk to us about what the Women's uh, Match Day uh, show is. So, um, I, and Pippa introduced it, um, and then we got into a conversation of, like, how uh, I could, you know, potentially start presenting it uh, with her, um, getting to have, like, full Match Day access, which obviously, which is, even Arsenal Fan TV cannot do that at the moment, mm. um, obviously, because of media restrictions. Um, so people saw um, an opportunity, <laughs> an opportunity with <laughs> uh, with uh, this to monetize and capitalize on it, um, kind of like what Robbie done many years ago with the fan channel and stuff. Uh, she's she saw the fact that you know we can have the access to meet the players after the game, the managers, and really you know do do a bit of research on him and get to ask him some hardcore questions like. Um, uh, pre-match, kind of, you kind of feel like Graham Souness or so, yeah, something yeah, along yeah. the lines of that. I mean, it's, it's good. It's really good because um, I do feel with the women's games on a come up, um, and I think someone needs to, you know, see an opportunity, and that's what Paper's done. And um, I think she's going places with it. I no, really man, do. it's definitely great to hear that you're getting involved in that, and hopefully, maybe uh, later on in, in the season or, or season two, if we're lucky to even <laughs> get there, we can uh, we can invite her on and we could talk even more about the women's game. But today, we're going to focus on an Arsenal special because obviously, Mr. Arsenal fan TV over there <laughs> bring, bringing all the banter, and uh, I'm a lifelong Arsenal fan as well. Worked at Arsenal, and yeah, have so much passion for the club and. Uh, uh, it's quite a fascinating time actually because obviously we're now what's going to be tomorrow month in Arteta's first uh, game uh, as manager and it would just be good to almost just look at it and almost like review it and say like what is the one thing that he's that's, that's happened that's really changed and also what is that one thing that we still need to see that still needs improving so from from your side of things obviously going to the games being in and around uh, the club and stuff like what what has been that that one thing that you've really seen um really change for me it's uh, it's a close one within style and also substance i mean he's brought that with him he's brought like a style of play uh, we know with Emery, I felt like we were just papering over craps even when we we're winning the games. And I'll be first to admit, when Arteta was initially, it was it, my hands was on my head. Yeah. And I was like, no, I don't want this guy, no experience. Because you've seen it a lot. You've seen like some of the great assistant managers Fergie had, mm. let alone Pep Guardiola. You know, they've gone into places and they've not quite succeeded. Paul Clement, yeah. Exactly. Works Vancelotti. There's, there's stuff like the only success you could probably talk about right now in this very moment with, uh, is Brendan Rodgers and uh, Jose Mourinho, mm. you know? 
And I, I was looking at these kind of things and I was like, oh, so he's really fit for the man, uh, fit for the club, really fit for the badge when Carlo Ancelotti's out there, Simeone's always up in the air, stuff like that. And I was just like, are we going for the cheaper, cheaper alternative or are we going Tip, for the more? Typical Arsenal, yeah. Exactly, just, just, you know, just trying to do whatever's cheap. But I really hope it's a more efficient approach we've gone with him. Yes, he's been cheaper than Ancelotti. He's pretty more than half of what Ancelotti is getting at Everton. But um, I, I can see something in Arteta. Since his day one, he's come into the club. Yeah. His press conference, it excited me. I, I, think, I wasn't I think expecting that. first that. press conference almost set a tone because, like, for me, I remember speaking to my friend um, like over a year ago when, obviously, Emery was linked to the role and I didn't want Mikel Arteta to, to, <laughs> to have the job. But then hearing when we were actually going to go in for him and looking at him more, I, I sort of, it sort of dawned on me that, like, Football's becoming way more progressive now and we're seeing like that project style coming because like we're a club that needs massive rebuilding. Like you can see it similarly to what's happened to Liverpool over the last couple of years. And Arteta has that durability to almost see throughout that project as opposed to uh, an old old guard, <laughs> old head like an Ancelotti. No, but that's where that's where I think we could have gone in that kind of mould, you know, because we look at Aubameyang, you look at Lacazette, you look at Ozil, they're all in and around 30. So before before we can you know go on and get fresh new heads, I think for the next couple of years we could have gone for Jose Mourinho, you know, have get build our European pedigree. That's what he brings. Win the Carling Cup when was the last time Arsenal won? You know, sorry, the Carabao Cup now when was the last time we won one of those little things? You know, mm. and I really think that monetizing those kind of opportunities could have bought some success for the two years, and then you know what happens with Mourinho in the third year, and then gone out to get Arteta, you know, because l- last year I remember when Pep Guardiola was banned for a few European games. He was in the touchdown and City didn't perform so well. And mm. um, he lacked he lacked personality, which um which which has brought a lot to the Arsenal game now. You see him on the touchline, you know, he's always there. Uh, for one of the games when someone threw a slide tackle, he almost got taken out as well. So like I like to see that passion in Arteta. It's it's, it's really, really refreshing to see. Um, and he's he's got a mode of Jurgen Klopp in him as well. You mm. know, how he's improved players. I look at Granny Xhaka now. Like how many midfielders? Makeshift centre back the other day. As yeah, well. and yeah. he's been so impressive. Like that's what that's another thing he's improved. Man management style. Bellerin first game back. You know he raised eyebrows. Mm. How good was he? Mm. He was like Iron Robin at his prime, cutting in, shooting, and scoring <laughs> in the last minute or so. Like yeah. you don't see that kind of stuff often. I mean, it's exciting, and I'm excited for Bellerin now as well. You know he had a tough injury to come from against Chelsea that he where he done his ACL over a year ago as well. Exactly, yeah. and 2019 wasn't wasn't his year. I really hope 2020 is because. Bellerin's a great ambassador for the club. He loves the club. And to see him do that well against the team, we, he probably is quite emotional to play against. It was phenomenal. And yeah, I'm, so, I'm buzzing with this Arteta change now. I think, I think for me, I think the main thing, and I'm, I'm not sure what, what your take on this is, but for me, I think it's really been the DNA and the mentality. Because I feel as though, like, as a club, we've almost lost our way in the last couple of years. And I don't know what that's down to, whether it's the lack of... Like people within the club, like uh, like a Pat Rice, for example, who lived and breathed Arsenal for 44 years in and around the club. But there's been something really missing about the DNA of our football club. But to see uh, Mikel almost like bring that back and talk about it, like listen to him the other day, and um, I think the person interviewing him was saying that um, are we going to be expecting this every every week? It's like not every week, every three days. This is the demands of this football club, and it's like <laughs> the way he's talking. Like that's the way I want the manager of my club to talk because, like, what Arsenal used to be. Like it's like I couldn't imagine being a kid in primary school now supporting <laughs> Arsenal. Whereas when I was in primary school, like it was either like you had to either be an Arsenal fan or a Man United fan, and 
and yeah, for me, it's just been really just d- DNA mentality. Like for us to go to the Stamford Bridge, 10 men for over an hour, and even we could have even pulled out a win there. Mm. Um, Had it not been for Mustafi. Yeah, yeah, but like, what's your sort of take on? On, on the on the mentality shift like do you believe that the mentality has shifted is it too early to say that the mentality has shifted i mean it's it's very visible i mean the mentality there has been a shift visible it's visible to see that the players are performing better you know they, we see more regimented yes the, the, the we talked about dna right now the only dna we still have and that's been going on for years is individual errors but if there's a mistake in him there's a mistake in him you can't tell a man to concentrate better like <laughs> yeah. how, how do you teach that yeah, how do you yeah. possibly teach a man to concentrate i think for me one of the biggest things when um obviously wenger moved on was um i always said that when wenger leaves the club we'll find that whether it was wenger or whether it was the players and i've been reflected i've been seeing like freddie emery have a go go at the job i generally believe that yes obviously like we're not gonna go into our we could, we could spend the whole year talking about what Arsene wenger <laughs> did well and wrong uh good and bad but for me, I feel like there are players there who are definitely coachable. Like even Unai Emery, for as bad as his tenure, a lot of it was. Mm. There were a few players there who did improve, um, but I definitely Dundosi being one, of course. Yeah, yeah, and, and and I definitely do believe that there are players there who are coachable. Or do we need to move on? Because like for a long time, we've heard that like Patrice Evra, like Arsenal babies, like mm-hmm. it's not a man's club. I remember when. Uh, Van Persie moved there. You mentioned that welcome to a man's club, and, and, um, and Van Persie was a little bit upset. But like, do we need to like? Can we believe in these players like a Mustafi to continually show that new mentality that Arteta is trying to really bring to the club? So what? What I think we it's kind of like the situation with Man City right now with Vincent Company. There's players there, but but. Without company, you know, that man the players can address in the almost like a middleman between the the players and the coach. We don't have that. We haven't had that for many, many years now. We probably had that in Vieira. Mm. We probably had that in Tony Adams and stuff. That that kind of fund them that, that kind of fundamental figure which can really come and address the players in a set dominance on the pitch, have a go at them if they're doing something wrong, put an arm around the shoulder if they're you know doing something wrong. That kind of like man management as a player is very, very crucial in this game. What the footy? What the footy? What the footy? What the footy? That one thing that still needs to improve because obviously, like we've seen, we've seen a culture shift, we've seen a mentality shift, we've seen elements of the Arsenal DNA come back into the team. But what what needs what still needs um, support? What still needs addressing in order for Mikel to have the the ammunition to take us to that next level? Because for me, I'm giving him time. I'm giving him a lot of patience because I do believe that the way the things that he's brought to the club um in the next three four years five years like if he has the right support around him from the club behind the scenes we can really push on to be challenging for those big trophies and be back to where we should be and have a seat at the at the, uh, at the big boys table um so what do you still think needs to needs, needs to improve i think it's it's clear that every manager needs to have their own style of you know players they want to bring into the game uh, with Man City, Pep Guardiola bought fullbacks. How 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 much does he use him? Like fundamentally, he spent more money on fullbacks than any other position, and that was his style of play. That's what he bought. Arteta, he might be want to do that same kind of thing, but maybe in midfield, maybe maybe up top, maybe with wingers. We don't we don't know that yet. Um, and that's that's what I think. We he needs to have his own mode of players. At Emery, he saw he saw something in Gondosi, and he kept playing him. Kept playing him. He had Torreira missed out this year. Um, and it's that kind of thing and it's really really important to you know as a manager have a DNA as, as we talked about earlier as well and um, 
Arteta, he wants to play that ticky-tacker game, but he wants that balance in midfield. He wants that holding midfield that's going to sit back while the two midfield dominate possession and create. So um, I do think we are st- should kind of still be um, in the market for a CDM or such. Um, right back needs addressing unless Niles wants to now fully commit to that role because that was, I think, a massive, massive issue. He was being played there, but he wasn't committed to the role. Probably why he wasn't performing so well and he was inconsistent because it's it, almost like he picked and chose what games he wanted to perform. I feel and like he has definitely improved in terms of since Mikel's coming. Oh, yeah, definitely. Most definitely. In terms of like from a, from a positional play because the way in which Mikel wants him to be in position like when we ha- when we when we're, when we're in possession when we're out of possession i definitely feel like has has definitely improved and just just touching on some of the stuff that you said there i i do believe that from a from a sort of like recruitment perspective like there is a lot of talk and there, there is i believe a myth that obviously like yes the owners could back us even more yes they could throw the amount of money that that we need to to go out and buy players but we we've, we've seen it at clubs like man united spending over a billion pounds since ferguson's left like Going out and spending, spending, spending is not always the answer. I think the best example that we need to look look to and, and almost admire is how Klopp has gone about his his sort of recruitment process because there's no denying we spent money on players. Yes, maybe net spend isn't as high, but Abamyang, Lacazette, 60, 70 million pound players, like Granit Jack of 35 million pounds, Mustafi over 30 million pounds. And you look at a team like Liverpool, and I've always wondered why has Arsenal always had a a sort of snobbish attitude towards buying players outside the top six. You look at Liverpool in terms of picking up a, a Robertson when Hull got relegated, picking up a Wijnaldum when, when Newcastle went down. Players who know the Premier League have that experience. And I, I remember years ago screaming out that Idrissa uh, Garner Gay mm. going for £8 million from Aston Villa. The kids are now playing at, playing, at, playing at PSG and it's like, that guy would have done a serious job in the Decore, midfield. you look at Decore right now, he's, he's a no-brainer for me as well. Like, and, and, and even just even just seeing that for me, I feel like there definitely has to be a shift in how we're looking at the recruitment market. What's your, what's your sort of take in terms of how, how you feel that we've, we've approached uh, recruitment and whether that has actually been the issue? So my thought on the recruitment process is to look at who's, who's going to either... Sell the most shirts. Who's a big name that we can get on the cheapest price possible, like Cavani at the moment we're linked to? Do we need him? No, we don't need Cavani right now, as good as he is. Um, do we need a centre-back? Absolutely. But who are we linked with? Absolutely no one right now. It's that kind of thing right now. Is We need to focus and have, almost before you have a, like this transfer talks as such, have like a sheet of paper. Drop down your targets in a starting 11. Drop it in the next squad of 18. And see what and match it with the style of play Arteta wants. Does he want to play with fullbacks that go high forward, or does he want to? I don't know what is have a mentality where you draw out the starting eleven, including the targets, including the DNA you want, and really test the water. That's what that's that's, that's where I think we're going wrong because how, how many years have we been crying out for centre backs before that? How many years have we been crying out for a striker after RVP left? I mean, until two, three years ago, we, we never even replaced RVP. I mean, when was the last time before Bowingham came? Who was who, who was the man to replace RVP? No one. And now, probably since, who would you say is the last big centre back? Colo Torre. Have you ever replaced Colo Torre? Arguably, Vermeer done the job because Shoney done the job. Shoney, Shoney was alright. I think I thought him and him and uh, the big German had, had definitely had, <laughs> had, had a really good partnership uh, together. But I feel like it just goes back to my original point in in, in terms of that 
We've never ever recruited players to fit a system and a style of play. We've never said that we're Arsenal Football Club, we're going to play an attacking, dominant style of play where we're pressing, where we're playing in, playing out from the back, for example. And we've never really said to ourselves that, like, yeah, you might be at the club, but you're not suiting the system. Off you go. That's what Guardiola came in. The first thing he did was he looked at Joe Hart and said that you, you might have been a good keeper a couple of years ago, but you're terrible with your feet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out and get Edison. He's going to be able to, to come in and do a job for me there. And it's the same thing. going to work the first time with Bravo, though, in between. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, <laughs> you, you can forget Claudio Bravo. <laughs> but um, but even, even looking at like a, like a clock, for example, seeing how like. Like for example, like Sadio Mane went off to the African Cup of Nations a few a few years back, and then they lacked a lot of goals, couldn't win a few games. He, what did he say? I need another player just like him. Got Salah in. Ne- following season after that, they weren't dominating the midfield. They were losing loose balls. Got Fabinho in to, to plug that gap. Um, Carriers was costing them games and goals. Got in. Not, <coughs> not even just that. Look at the player improvement in players at like Henderson. Like. How good has Henderson been recently over the last few years? Pa- apparently, just nominated England's Player of the Year. As and well. he deserves it. He yeah, deserves yeah, yeah. it. He's he's people have this like feeling about Henderson being you know almost like a Phil Jones. He has that kind of a big uh, an average player at a big club. Mm. But Henderson's proven he's better than average. I look at him play every single week in week out, and the the bank can pass the ball. The man works hard for the team. There's not many things you see Henderson do wrong, and and we needed that kind of style. Of, that that Henderson would he start Arsenal? Yes, he would. Mm. I think there's only one team in Premier League he wouldn't start, and that's probably Man City, mm. probably Man City because of the style of play. Um, but apart from that, he would start on every single football club in the in the Premier League right now. There, there definitely needs to be a, there definitely needs to be a sit down, and obviously, like we've seen the dynamics in terms of how how um, directors of football and all these like recruitment managers and how the coaches all come together and sit down and discuss players and we see the mess at Man United <laughs> in, in in terms of like who's calling the shots there, whether it's Ed Woodward, whether it's the scouts, random random guys, like apparently Louis Van Gaal hired like years ago is still working at the club. But like, I feel like there definitely needs to be a sit down between like, like Edu, Raul, and um and uh, and and a few of the guys there with Mikel and just really really working out like we want to play in this particular way like we need to get in a centre back who actually wants to defend who actually wants to put their body in <laughs> the line clear headers me that that definitely needs to be a definitely needs to be an improvement there and um, just just going going forward from that really um, what what hope and aspiration do do, do you see with with Arsenal in terms of obviously Mikel's been in there for. For for just over a month or so now, um, where do you believe that he can he, he can get to? Um, the ho- when you say hope, the first name that comes in my head is Gabriel Martinelli. Mm. I mean the boy, the boy's getting places. Boy, wonder, isn't he? Knowing Arsenal, he would probably be a similar to Liverpool situation where we'll have him for two years and we'll sell him off to Barcelona for a hundred something million, and then we'll probably invest that kind of money, and then people will look at our net spend because Kroenke ain't gonna spend no money. Mm. Uh, we'll probably spend that Martinelli money to build a team around. That's the kind of model I think is being in place with players like Ondozi, another one who could probably go into a couple of years' time, uh, 40, 50 million. But is that, but that's, that's the thing. And it's that's frustrating, so, but that's, that's the just thing that's so frustrating about, about the club because, like, looking at that, like, we, we've, we've been through that era, like, we had to sell the, the Omri's, the, the Fabregas's of this world to, to make money, really... to, like, to pay for the stadium and, and et cetera. Like, should we, like, that's the most frustrating thing. And, 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 and that's why I look back on, oh, hate to bring it up but that's why I look back on like Wenger's time and I really feel like 
Like we had, there was a time when we had like a squad of a Fabregas and Najri Van Persie. Then we had a squad of a Sanchez, Urzel and, and a Petr Cech and we just didn't really push on to try and build a squad to go and compete. Like Urzel's been at the club since 2013 and we've never ever put in place a midfield behind him for him to go on and thrive and, and play like the Urzel that, we, that we've seen for Germany in the 2010 World Cup, that we've seen play for uh, Madrid. And, and Same can be said about Man United and Pogba as well, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, uh, 100%. But, like, I feel like for me, like, it's a really exciting time because Mikel, like I mentioned, is durable, has that longevity to, to see through this project. And, and we've got an exciting squad there with players like Kieran Tierney, who's only 22 years of age. We've got um, Gabriel Martini there. We've got Gwendozi there. Like, we've got Saka. We've got Saka. We, we have uh, Saliba coming in, in, in the summer as well. And, and we have a squad that in three, four years' time, that squad is going to be ready to compete. So we shouldn't be thinking about selling Martini to try and make <laughs> money to, 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 to help us to, like, compete. But, um, but yeah. Jules, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming along today. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Best of luck with the Women's Match Day show and the Arsenal Fan TV stuff. Guys, if you loved what you are listening to today, not liked it, if you loved it, you know what to do. Subscribe, leave a review and tell a friend to tell a friend. See you next week, guys. What the footy? What the footy? What the footy? What the footy? As a parent, no two days are ever the same. At Care.com, you can find trusted and flexible sitters to help manage your family's ever-changing schedule. Care.com can even help you out with housekeepers, dog walkers, senior caregivers, and more. So you can find care for all you love. And 100% of caregivers who use Care.com have been background checked with CareCheck, a key first step in hiring confidently. To get the help you need to make it all work, sign up now and find a great sitter at Care.com. Gym sessions and sweaty summer activities are back, which means more funky smells in your clothes because sweat leaves behind bacteria that causes those hard-to-remove odors. Clorox Fabric Sanitizer products are ready to zap the stink out of fabrics in your home by getting rid of 99.9% .9 of odor-causing bacteria. Eliminate odors in every load or sanitize fabrics between washes with one of our Fabric Sanitizer products. Search Fabric Sanitizer at Clorox.com to learn more. When it counts, trust Clorox. Use as directed.